This is a man's world But we won't quit This is a man's world She Who Dares Wins Hello and welcome to She Who Dares Wins podcast and this week my guest is Lara Kelly who is an apprentice electrician from Australia. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. No worries. So I feel I say this for every single episode, but we've been following you on Instagram for quite a long time now. Um, and yeah, I think you were probably one of the first sparkies that I started to follow. And yeah, just been chasing your journey. Um, you are the first electrician on um, the She Who Dares Wind podcast. So, oh, really? Am I? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's so so exciting. Get the standard there. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I feel special now. Great pleasure. <laughs> um, Lara, just tell us how you became electrician. Was it something you chose as a young age? What's your journey been like to get to where you are now? I actually, as far as like starting an apprenticeship goes, started a lot late than a lot of people would. So most people I know kind of do an apprenticeship straight out of school. Um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I finished high school. So I, you know, pondered around for a little bit. I did a few different jobs. Um, I went to university for a little bit, uh, studied some psychology and teaching briefly, but found that it wasn't really for me. The university pathway wasn't really something that I was super into at the time. So um, I went into like a corporate health role and worked in agriculture a little bit. But um, once I kind of figured out I wanted to do a trade, that was purely for actually um, I've got a younger brother who's 18 months younger than me. He did uh, a trade straight out of school and it was something that he was super passionate about and for me, I was like, well, that's awesome. Like I could be working with my hands every day and getting paid while I'm learning something that's going to be a skill that I'll, I'll have for life. So that's when I really started looking into getting into a trade and I'd always been kind of interested in heavy industrial and in the mining industry because my brother worked in that industry uh, as well. Uh, so I started pursuing an electrical apprenticeship in in the mining industry Um I wasn't really having a huge amount of luck getting a foot in the door without having, you know, any experience in the industry or having done any kind of like pre-vocational training for electrical. So I ended up actually getting a foot in the door um, as a warehouse operator. So I was already working in a role where I was kind of operating forklifts and driving trucks and stuff like that. So I was able to get my foot in the door in the industry by doing that kind of similar role and then, yeah, went on from there to continue trying to get a start as an apprentice electrician. So. It took me nearly three years of applying and getting rejected to actually yeah. finally, yeah, to finally get an electrical apprenticeship. But yeah, totally worth it in the end. So it was crazy, actually. The I made the decision to move from the western of Australia to the east coast to pursue my trade. And the year that I started applying for jobs on the east coast in the coal mining industry, I actually ended up getting offered seven apprenticeships. In, to start that year so it was just like when it rains it pours I guess but yeah I'm I'm 27 now and I'm in the third year of my apprenticeship so. also what why do you think it was so hard to pick up an apprenticeship is that just across the board for everyone or um, I'm not too sure like I know um as far as the mining industry in Australia goes at the moment there's a really big push to increasing that female representation within this work uh work 
field, I guess you would call it. Um, when I was applying, I wasn't just applying for apprenticeships in the mining industry. I was also applying for ones in town, kind of any any electrical apprenticeship I could apply for, I was applying for. But because I was already a mature age student as far as apprenticeships go, it does obviously cost an employer more to employ you. Um, I didn't have any kind of hands-on experience within the industry. I hadn't done any kind of work experience or anything like that. My, I guess, interest in the industry was based on the people I knew and knowing of what they did within the industry as opposed to having been and done it myself. So I think that was part of the reason as well. And it was actually um, the final year before I started my apprenticeship, I was going out and kind of putting myself through any kind of courses that I could do. Um, I did my my certificate two in electrotechnology, which is the pre-vocational um, certificate you can get to get into a trade. So I went and did that in my free time while I was working away. Um, I put myself through all my like working at heights, confined space, um, my EWP tickets, dogging, just kind of any kind of way that I could upskill on paper so that, you know, every application I was sending, if I'd been rejected previously, I could go and say, you know, well, this is the things I've done in the meantime and these are all these other things that, you know, look great on your resume as far as a company perspective goes in the hope that, you know, that extra thing on my resume might be the difference between them putting my resume in the no pile just kind of at face value. So, yeah, that's that was where my mindset was at. But Yeah, right. No, I mean, like, it sounds like it's great advice there for anyone looking for a job in any trade because I get so many questions on YouTube of, like, how do I get a job? I've applied for eight amount of jobs. And I'm like, okay, what are you doing? I, you might, I had to work for free for... I think I, I went and worked for a company for three weeks and yeah. let me get work experience and, and get your tickets. And it is a bit of expense, but at the end of the day, there's so many people fighting for jobs is whatever you can give yourself advantage of, which is exactly what you did. So that's some really useful advice that I think um, the listeners will take from that. So that's awesome. And, and, and what's the journey been like since you started? Obviously, you had to move across country, which is a pretty big deal. Yeah. yeah. It was, it's been awesome. Like, honestly... It was probably the biggest, I guess, leap of faith I've ever made in my life to kind of pack my stuff into a suitcase and just completely displace myself from all of my family and everyone I knew and move to a state where I really didn't know anyone was a huge, um, I guess, jump out of my comfort zone. But it's honestly been the best decision I've ever made. And as far as both my work and life have gone putting myself out of my comfort zone has made me, I guess, go out and try to get more opportunities for myself because, you know, if you you move somewhere where you don't know anyone and you just kind of sit at home and don't do anything, then you're never going to meet anyone. So for me, it was a big change, but it's been so cool. And as far as like my career goes, I have never known job satisfaction like I do since I've been doing my trade. And which is part of the reason why I've started my Instagram. Like I just honestly, I, I wake up every morning so excited to go to work to the point where some of the guys I work with think that I'm absolutely bonkers. <laughs> but I, I go home at the end of the day tired but so satisfied. So, yeah, it's it's honestly, it's just been the best thing and I just I want to kind of scream from the rooftops and get other people to go out and give it a go and, you know, experience the satisfaction that comes with working in this industry and in this field and doing a trade. So. I think yeah, it's pretty, pretty yeah, yeah. Oh, it's awesome, but it's also 
the thing that, that kind of hits home to me is I speak to women as well that have, have done similar to you, gone to university, done different jobs, and then kind of like found this way and the passion is there. And you kind yeah. of, the reason why, you know, I like sharing people's stories is I wonder how many girls out there that feel pressured to go to university and then they get certain jobs. And it's like, actually, you know, if you like being out there, getting dirty, getting, you know, physically seeing um, the fruits of your labor as such, um, it's yeah. such a rewarding job. And I think so many people are put off, but well, women are put off trade, um, going into trade because they feel like that's not for me. Um, yeah. And the more we expose these um, stories and the industries that you can go into, the, the better it is for everyone. You do a great job of that on Instagram. Like, um, you know, I think to be fair, ours is like I always look at anyone like on Instagram that's in an Australian trade, and I'm like, okay, these girls are doing it. Like you're in like the hottest temperatures, you're out there in like coal mines, like, and and it, there's always a smile on the face, um, and it, it always seems so great. But but what I want to come on to with this podcast is that this week you posted um, a really honest. Um, post about kind of the the bad side to social media and um, you know at the end of the day you've been so brave and you put your story out there and I guess it's the same as me that you want to inspire the next generation because you love your job so much it's it's, it's as simple as that and then um, things that come with social media you know there's companies that contact you there's people that want advice there's guys that are interested in this new world of women in trades and um, a lot of shit happens behind the scenes. Um, and yeah, just tell us a little bit about for anyone that's kind of like not seen your Instagram this week, because I know social media moves so quickly um, about your experiences um, and what you discussed. Um, yeah. On Instagram, if you don't mind. Yeah. Oh, I, I guess a bit of a backstory of why I started the page. I, I had never seen anyone who worked in this industry doing a trade who was a female kind of I was never exposed to coming out of school people within that field who were really passionate about what they did and I think you know if I was in high school and I had seen someone who was giving a bit of an insight into what they were doing in their trade and in the the industry and stuff like that it definitely would have spurred my interest on a lot more and I think having people like that is a great way to showcase what we do and a great way to get more young people you know seeing how viable it is of a career straight out of school so for me, I started my page because I really hadn't seen anything like that and I really wanted to share my passion and in the hope that, you know, young girls who are up and coming who don't, you know, don't know what they want to do after school and don't know if university is the pathway for them and things like that, if they, you know, consider that this is something that can be really truly rewarding and a great career as well. So that's the reason um, I started my page to kind of inspire the next generation of up and coming women to, to give it a crack. So. I never in a million years anticipated that it would have gotten, I guess, to the size that it's gotten now and of all the opportunities and things that have come along with it and I'm, I really am very lucky. But, yeah, like you were saying, there is there is two sides to Instagram and I of lately have been copying a lot of online hate from, you know, kind of people all over the world and them, I guess, coming at me from different directions as far as like assuming that I my work ethic's terrible and all I do is take pictures and are taking the fact that I'm, you know, trying to showcase my career to other people as me just being lazy and posing with tools and just kind of stuff like that. So which is why I made that post the other day. I 
I don't know if you can tell people who know me, I'm a very positive person. I love what I do. I'm, I'm genuinely kind of all around positivity when it comes to my things that I show on social media because it is something that I'm really, really happy about and really like to show uh, and share with people. But there is this other side as well with having that kind of following. There are people out there who, unbeknownst to me as what their reasoning is, feel the need to kind of try and tear you down for, for their own reasons. So, yeah, lately it's been a lot more than usual and I'm a very thick thick-skinned kind of person and I just thought you know I do love to be positive but I wouldn't be doing myself or anyone else any justice if I wasn't you know sharing all of the sides of of what comes with working in this industry and with having social media and all of those kind of things because you know you do will have young women who are up and coming who might be on construction sites who are getting called names and they're not alone and it's not something that's disappeared regardless of the fact that there is more women in the industry, there are still unfortunately people out there who really don't like having women in this man's world, so to speak. So I think it's good to share both sides of the coin in in that aspect. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly where like my standpoint is. You know, the good, the bad and the ugly. And the thing is, is if, if we're promoting... It's, it's hard, isn't it, to get the balance because you want to say how amazing the job is and, and it is yeah. like, you know, 80 to 90% of the time, it's incredible. But also let's not shy away because we have to protect the next generation that are coming in and let them know what they're up to, what's going to happen, is yeah. that there are guys on site that you have to deal with that don't want you there. I mean, I'm, I'm 15 years in now. Um, I, you know, you still get it. it. It doesn't disappear. So you've got to have that in your kind of working life and then you're trying to do this other stuff on the side to help other girls and women come through and then to be attacked then it's kind of just like (laughs) you know what it is whammy isn't it but it has to be talked about because yeah like I say it's it's not all this rose tinted glasses and anyone that's coming into the industry I see a lot of young girls that are coming in and sharing their story from the start which is amazing but like, you know, the, the pictures on site and stuff, as you will know, as I know, and hopefully the listeners know, it's like five minutes of your time. You set up a, yeah. you, you know, you set up a picture, um, you take the picture and yeah, you're not going to take the worst picture ever because it's social media. Like you, you, yeah. <laughs> you want to carve these and like, that's what everybody knows. That's what social media is. Um, yeah. And, and you're doing it for the, for the greater good, but also you're being honest and sharing the truth. Yeah, and yeah it's, it's really hard, actually, because this week, I mean, I've, I heard your story. Um, I'm also part of a small group of women on the UK side. Um, I won't mention the group just because I think there's a lot of sensitive issues on there. But I read a post about a, a girl, a woman that I don't know because I'm relatively new to the group, who actually took her own life because of social bullying. Um, yeah and I believe she she was in a trade um, shared her opinions quite a lot on Instagram and then you know I scroll through the feed and I read actually just yesterday about another woman who's in a trade who um, another woman who worked at the company there's only three women there started to attack her behind her back and not support her and that's something that I've I've actually never had to deal with because I've never worked alongside another woman yeah I just the mindset is 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 crazy, and that's what I was trying to just come to terms with is is you know what goes on in these people's minds. I guess we'll never know, um, but we have to raise awareness like you did and and speak up about this um, and those comments. I mean, 
Instagram doesn't seem too bad for me, but YouTube, if I had a pound for every time some guy just said something really inappropriate, or actually, no, Instagram is the one where I get messages about, will you marry me? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, if I had really? to roll up every proposal I'd had on Instagram, I would never need to work again. There's, um, also, another favourite is, can you get me a job? Oh, God, side. no, it's yeah. All over the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That seems to be a hot topic. I'm like, I don't know what kind of power you think that I have at this mindset. I'm just an apprentice. I, I don't think I can make calls on employing people who've contacted me through Instagram from Southeast Asia or, you know, if wherever. I know. And it's also the reality of that is like, we're working full time. You have jobs, families, things to, to, you know, to do. And Instagram becomes a small part of that. Um, and I sometimes think then when those messages come through, I'm like, yeah, like I'm just going to spend like four hours trying to get someone from another country, another job, because that's going to help me. And and no offense to them, but they're male and I'm all about helping females. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty wild. My message request boxes are a very nice mixed bunch of job requests and proposals and stuff like that. <laughs> or, or companies, the hard one that I'm dealing with now, um, which I, I know you've got some relationships with, with different companies as well. Um, and I think this is quite interesting for anyone out there that's coming through Instagram and getting contacted by people as well. Is It, is become, it becomes a hard balance of knowing, you know, when companies contact you and they give you free stuff, like to helping them out, but also at what point are they starting to take advantage? Um, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because we feel like we're sharing a story, it's positive, and then sometimes yeah. you find these companies and actually the culture within those companies is not great. And yeah. are they just jumping on the bandwagon and saying, yeah, we're supporting women, but the reality is the women that work for those companies are actually having a shit time. And do you know what? It's, yeah. it's really hard in that world to navigate. How do you navigate that world? Yeah, I'm really, um, I'm a big believer in working with companies that kind of align with my own core values. And I think um, the misconception a lot of people have is, you know, you just work with every company that contacts you. And it's, I know some people maybe do that. For me, that's not something that I want to do. Um, I like to, you know, like I said, align my values with the company values. And I really like take, I guess, take pride in only working with companies that, do really support um, the encouragement of getting women into trades and things like that as well. So I don't, by any stretch of the imagination, accept every brand deal or every company that wants to work with me or friend, send me free things or anything like that. It's actually probably more the opposite way. I turn more companies down because I feel like maybe it's we're not suited to work with each other. I actually just turned down a, uh, a proposal the other day from a workwear company um, to work with them, they're very big advocates for women in trades, but I didn't feel that as far as, you know, what I did and how they wanted me to work with the company. I didn't think that I would really be well suited to that, especially because I wear very job-specific clothing and I don't really have any right. I, any way that they would be able to provide me kind of with different work clothing. So for me, <clears throat> if I was to accept a brand deal like that, it wouldn't be something that was really genuine. It would just be for the sake of, I guess, getting sent free things, which I'm not, again, not about. But you definitely do get a lot of companies, or not a lot, you get companies that do contact you and, you know, they want to send you one or two free things, but they want you to do a million things for them and they want you to sign on the dotted line straight away. And you're really, you know, it is hard sometimes and it's a bit daunting as well, I guess. 
I'm just, you know, a 27 year old apprentice from central Queensland and, you know, you're getting companies that are global contacting you and it can be quite intimidating and to actually say no to a company like that when they've sent you, you know, a full legal proposal detailing the ins and outs of the things that they want to do for you and what they want in return. It's like, well, to actually say no to something like that can be, uh, I guess, hard for, for a lot of people. So it is, I guess, important to take into consideration all those kinds of things when you are getting into this kind of space of, the new age where social media is such an important tool for companies as far as advertising goes. So, Yeah, and it's, it's a two-way street, isn't it? Like, you know, yeah. you're helping them out. You know, what are they doing for you? I always, I've had a few companies contact me and I, I, I actually explain to them, not that you should because I'm sure guys don't have to explain this, but I'm like, you know what, uh, in terms of payment, all the money that comes in, from anything and for me straight back into podcast it goes into all this creation of videos and everything to ultimately feed back to helping other women um yeah and and, it, and i had yeah um a company who i'd done work for previously and they were like oh we want you to come and speak and we want you to do and the list was like choo-choo, like this endless list of stuff and and uh yeah. okay, cool well let's talk about things for speaking you know i've got to travel i've got to do whatever and they're like oh yeah we don't have a budget but, but we really want to support women and i was like <laughs> how are you supporting women yeah, what's the plan <laughs> <laughs> oh you know i'll just finance this but but knowing that company had a lot of money behind them i was like do you know what You've got to see through the bullshit sometimes, haven't you? And and, yeah. and, and realize, and it is hard. It's so hard when people are offering up stuff to say no. Um, but it is really important because you're sending the right message um, to anyone out there that's, that's coming through. Is that you know it's that classic thing of sending yourself out, and, and ultimately people will see through it as well. Um, yeah, and I do know of people who I think people are starting to realize that maybe the relationships they have with brands aren't genuine and it, it gets to a point, I guess, where the market's kind of flooded with everyone, you know, showcasing this, that and the other. Mm. And it does get to a point where it just really doesn't seem genuine and that's a big reason why I've turned down companies in the past. You know, they they want to send you this or give you that or whatever, but in return they want you to do five or six posts with the product and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, I don't feel like if I was to create content like that and I was having to do five posts in a month about this one product that it would be very genuine and I wouldn't want people to start unfollowing my page or losing the original message behind my page, which is to encourage people to get into the trade and to kind of showcase the passion that I have for it. Um, I don't want that to be overrun by product placement and things like that. So for me, it's, yeah, I just turn down deals like that. Hi everyone, I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. This is just a little interruption. I want to say thank you so much for tuning in and supporting the podcast. And if you've got time, please head over to www.shewhodareswins.com. On there, you'll find lots of information about our guests, including the show notes, and also a lot of content that I've produced for YouTube, which hopefully can help either inspire or support you on your journey. Um, so that's www.shewhodareswins.com. There's also a small range of merchandise on there, which if purchased helps to prop up this podcast and keep us inspiring and supporting women across the nation. So thank you so much. And let's get back to this great podcast. 
going back to the comments that you get um, from different people, how do you deal with that? Do you move back? Do you, it's like it's like being on site. So many people say to me, you know, what do you what do you say to someone who's like, oh, you shouldn't be here. Uh, women can't do this job. And on site, it's very different because you've got to work with the, with those people. But yeah. it can be different. And, and my husband's like, bite your tongue, don't say something. And sometimes I'm like, look at this. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, I know. Actually, I had um, I had a conversation with some of my girlfriends who are also um, in the trade as well the other day about um, online hate versus face-to-face hate. And um, actually, my friend Carlin, who she's said that I can share this story on here as well, she was, when she was an apprentice doing her telecommunications traineeship, her boss had taken her to the pub just to get a pub lunch um, during the day so they were in their work clothes and stuff she actually had um, a lady with two young kids who has seen her there with her boss and said kind of in a snarky way to her kids you know if you don't pay attention in school you'll end up like her as as kind of a threat to the kids and she said you know I, I just was gobsmacked and it goes back to that whole thing you know sometimes when people say things face-to-face to you, you just kind of like freeze up. You don't know how to react in the situation because, you know, it is so shocking that there are people out there who have that kind of opinion to have to kind of react to it in the moment is really hard. Whereas on the other hand, you have uh, people online and unfortunately they don't stop giving um, internet connections to people who have stupid opinions. So you get to that point where you have a lot of stupid people who want to have an opinion online, unfortunately as well. And platforms like social media, like social media platforms like Instagram and Facebook, unfortunately give a lot of these people uh, a place for them to spread their uh, delightful opinions. Yeah, and it, I mean, they are awful. Um, and I think it comes from a place of hatred. And I don't know, I don't know what goes through people's minds, but it's I've someone recently who had a really interesting opinion that social media should we be allowed just one account and it's linked to your identity? So there's some sort of accountability. Yeah. I said that the other day, um, I had an incident which I had been sharing on my story recently where um, an electrical page on Facebook had shared a picture of me uh, covered in coal. I'd been at work and I was very dirty and I'd shared the photo on my Instagram. They had gotten the photo from my Instagram and shared it um, on their Facebook page without kind of saying where it had come from or anything. And their, their Facebook page had over two and a half million followers. So it was a very large page that had shared it. And the caption on the photo was, um, what, what's happened? Like, what has happened to me? And for the people, I guess, following the page to guess. And the comments on there were, like, truly awful. And for me... I'm a very thick skin kind of person and I have gotten hate online before on, on my Instagram and I'm a bit of a smart ass, I guess, in that I usually come back with a bit of a clap back and I'm, I can be very sarcastic and witty at times. So I'll quite often comment back to them and then screenshot it and share it to my to my page so that everyone else can kind of see the kind of idiots that you have to deal with online occasionally. So for me, I usually do that and then block them and then it's fine. I don't have to see their comments or anything like that. They can't see my page. But for this, it was a picture of me not shared by me and I, I had no way to delete comments or anything like that. All I could do was kind of read them and reply or things like that. And they were honestly like some of the comments on there were truly awful. And the thing that really, I guess, got to me a lot was some of the comments that were 
being posted on this page, you know, I'd go and click on the profile picture of the person who had commented on it and, you know, they're saying that I I accidentally set a sandwich on fire trying to do the laundry and or I shouldn't have left the kitchen or all of those kind of like comments that you get. But the profile picture is of them and their daughters or, of you know, of them and their wife or of them and their partner and I just think, wow, would you ever say something like that to your partner or how would you feel if somebody said something like that to your daughter if she was in this position? Like I just can't comprehend what goes through people's minds and what they, I guess, think is their God-given right to make a comment like that to someone and why they would having, you know, young daughters or children or a partner of their own. Like I'm sure they would never say that to them. So it just, it really shocks me the things that people feel okay saying behind a keyboard or a computer screen that they, you know, I very much doubt they would say face-to-face. So, yeah. It's, and it's hard. Like, I think you're probably very similar to me. Like you said, you thick skin and, and I always come back with a witty comment. But there are going to be women and girls out there that don't feel, especially when you're a lot younger, when you're 21, yeah. you don't feel like you can come back with a witty comment and put someone down. Or, you know, on social media, you feel a little bit lost because you're on your own journey, you're trying to find out who you are, you're trying to learn a new trend. And then there's all this stuff coming in that, that can be really hard to deal with. And it, and it comes down to personalities. Is it survival of the fittest? And it shouldn't be that way because at the end of the day, we're never going to get more women in if, if it's another element. That yeah, that's and I definitely think with the sharing of like, you know, showing them the good and the bad side of social media and things like that is a good way to, I guess, equip young up and coming women with more tools to like handle being in those situations. So, you know, they know people that have gone through it, they know, you know, if there's avenues that they can contact or speak supervisors they can speak to or friends even. I speak to a lot of other women online from all over the world who, you know, we talk about these kind of things and it does act as kind of a support system and a support network to get through this as well so I think it's it's definitely important having these conversations and sharing this kind of stuff to help equip these women coming through with more tools to kind of get through all of the shit that does come with with doing doing this job and working in this industry so yeah exactly and 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 I think the biggest shocker for me has been um women attacking other women like I don't know you shouldn't expect it from guys but because you work in a male industry you do you know you get a lot of flack but then when it when information slides in from other women that are actually in the trade that blows my mind because I'm like you know what it's like you know how difficult it is and yet you think it's okay to attack yeah like I don't it's a really hard thing for me to hear and to try and deal with. Um, do you, are you finding for, and we must say this cause I know you're on the same page as me. There are so many women out there across the globe. We're all connecting. We all follow each other on Instagram. We're all supporting each other. And, and it's, I, don't, I really get a sense that it's not a false support either. It's a true, I've been there, seen that, done that. I can appreciate that. It's a real connectivity and community. Um, and then, yeah, you hear these stories of other women. You think, why is why does this exist? Is it the same for you? Have you had similar experiences with women, and how do you feel about that? 
Um, well, uh, in my post the other day, I briefly touched on my, I guess, association with a group of women who was based mostly online. Um, when I first started my page, I was kind of very uh, tight-knit with them. I got to the point where I didn't feel like the way this group was going was really aligning with my values as far as like what I wanted to get out of social media and my reasoning for kind of being there. So I chose to, I guess, distance myself from from that group or that club. Um, and I received actually like a lot of hate and a lot of backlash for choosing to remove myself from that situation to the point where I was just like, wow, you know, you are promoting being a, a group of women supporting women and things like that and to to attack and a lot of people who I know saw kind of this whole thing unfold, the, the way that I was treated and the way that I was spoken about by these people was really, really quite nasty and it was just like I guess it kind of reiterated the fact that it wasn't a group for me and it wasn't a place or a thing that I really wanted to be involved with but, yeah, it was pretty sad to see that you know, that kind of stuff does go on when, like you said, we're, we are such a small representation in the industry already and realistically we should be bringing each other up as opposed to tearing each other down. So, you know, you're not going to get along with everyone. That's, I'm not, um, I'm a realist in that aspect. You are obviously never going to be everyone's cup of tea, but especially in this kind of, I guess, space, it would be good to see a lot more positivity and not, not so much, I guess, bitchiness or cattiness between other females who are all just trying to, you know, just trying to get ahead and just trying to be successful in, in their career and in, in the trade. So it's also sorry about my cats behind me. They've just decided <laughs> that they, they want to be in the podcast. They've been, they've been kissing, cleaning. <laughs> They're little social butterflies, aren't they? You can definitely tell. As soon as there's a camera out, they've like they can't be anywhere else in the entire house. They have to be right here. <laughs> but it's, it's normally my toddlers like coming in saying, "Can I have a biscuit?" Or can I have a <laughs> <laughs> down with his dad, so um, you know it's great entertainment. Um, no, I really appreciate your honesty. Um, yeah, it's so good to talk about this. And I've been passionate from start. You know, I talk about the shit that goes on at work, and uh, sometimes I feel like, oh, should I be sharing this? And that's what really made me connect with you when you um, kind of put it out there. It's like, oh, finally, you know, people are starting to speak out about these issues. But to to end on a you know on, on a positive point because you love your job so much, you, the journey you've had has been incredible. Um, for anyone out there that's kind of like thinking, oh, you know, you've seen your post you love the work that you do like what kind of words of inspiration do you have for the next generation coming through um yeah any advice for for anyone that's thinking about it but doesn't know if they can do it I feel like just give it a crack like um at the end of the day you have nothing to lose but if even if you went out and you did it for a year or two and you decided maybe it wasn't for you the the skills that you learn doing this kind of work and being in this industry are things that aren't just going to leave you if you decide that it's not for you. It's something that you'll, you know, you keep these skills for life. And if you might find something that you absolutely love and just can't get enough of, which is exactly where I am at. I, like I said to you before, I never knew job satisfaction like this until I started doing my apprenticeship. And now it's just so amazing to me that I get to go to work every day and do something that I love and I'm so passionate about and it's paying my bills. Like that's just the best of both worlds. So 
I just, I always say, you know, if it's something that you're considering, you've got nothing to lose by giving it a crack and it, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be signing your life away to do an apprenticeship or whatever. It might be even just starting out doing work experience or, or something like that and you truly might find something that you never knew that you had a passion for until you did it. And um, I guess on the other the other side of things as well, if it is something that you, you know that you want to get into and you're really, I guess, having trouble getting into it. Like I said, I, I spent years getting rejected hundreds of times for apprenticeships. Just my advice is to not give up. And if it is something that you want badly enough, then, you know, nothing and no one will stop you from going out and getting it. So, you know, don't, don't be disheartened. Unfortunately, rejection is, uh, is a part of life, but yeah, just don't give up because it is worth it in the end. And it, it is something that's, is really rewarding. And it's just amazing that you get to do as a career as well. So Awesome, Nats. You're a great advocate for the, for the trade and for um, the work that you're doing. So that's that's amazing. And what is next for you? What's um, are you close to finishing your apprenticeship or what? What's, what's I am. It's crazy. So um, I'll be fourth year next year. I will have my capstone, which is like the final electrical exams um, for licensing here in Australia. Um, I'll have them in April next year and I can get signed off realistically as early as 12 months from now, which is blows my mind. I feel like it's gone so quickly, but um. I'm already moving into upskilling and studying more. So I'm doing um, my certificate three in telecommunications as well. And then I'm hoping after that um, I will do instrumentation, which will essentially give me a, a dual trade. Um, I also actually started my electrical engineering degree when I was in my first year, which I ended up putting on hold just due to the, the workload of working full time in mining and trying to do that. But I eventually hope to go back to that and, yeah, finish my engineering degree as well. So plenty uh, plenty more studying on the horizon for me, that's for sure. Yeah, it sounds like you'll be more than qualified to, to take many different routes and it sounds exciting. I mean, it's only really yeah. the start then of of a long career of choosing where you want to go and what you want to do. Um, yeah, and there's, like, exciting things happening as far as technology advances go here. So we're starting to look at running fully autonomous um, truck fleets, which is something that would be really cool to be a part of. It's kind of new for this uh, the mining area in Queensland. So, yeah, it's, uh, there's exciting things happening and technology is always improving. It's, it's nice to be in a trade where you can kind of be at the forefront of all of that kind of stuff happening. So, I don't know. I'm just a bit of a nerd. I just get really excited about all this stuff. <laughs> no, that's what it's all about. I mean, I think if you haven't got passion, um, then going and working in these difficult environments you know, it will fade out because you have those really sh- sh- like shitty, crappy days where, you know, stuff happens to you where it's really hot or, you know, you know, things don't go <laughs> as they should. Um, yeah. Passions there, you find yourself going back the next day because ultimately it's the job, like you said, um, that you love and, yeah, uh, pays the bills. I think that's a good, important one out there. Anyone that's thinking university is like, better I, I'm this is really hard for me because my husband's a university lecturer so he's like university uh, and I'm like uh, I went to university and probably could have done a job without being university so I've kind of like two sides of the story but get a lot of debt um, but I think the most important thing is uh, some women perceive a trade job as like a lesser income or a lesser career and the reality is you can earn a lot of money and have a really yeah. and you know you can pay all your bills and I think that's something that people know because it's 
exposed, especially here in the US. And I'm, yeah, I'm a massive advocate for that. Um, get out and give it a crack. It, it is such a good career. And at the end of the day, even if, you know, after your trade, you do decide to go on and do continuous study, there is so many university pathways as well, which really just adds to and voices your, your skill set that you have from doing a trade as well. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a massive ad- advocate for a trade career pathway. And, yeah, definitely the more people I can kind of like wave my hands at and yell from the rooftops and encourage, then I'll, I'll keep being the loud mouth on social media about it in that aspect. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the case. And, like, from me and all the community, She Who Dares Wins, like, I want to say thanks for doing that. Thanks for being open and honest. Thanks for sharing the real story. Thanks for doing what you're doing. Thanks for being passionate because there are going to be so many women and young girls out there that you touch that are going to pursue a trade, whether it be electrician or, you know, join a or whatever because of seeing that exposure. So yeah, personally, I just want to thank you for sharing that. Thanks for sharing your story. Thank um, you. <laughs> yeah, just a whole lot of thanks and continue to do what you do. I'll be following you on social media. Like I'm, I'm one of those hot and cold at the moment. I'm, I'm on it and then I'm off it. So I miss a lot of stuff. So I'm always trying to keep it with people. But um, yeah, to you and the work that you're doing. I will put a link in the description for everyone and you know, follow you and connect with you. And if anyone sends you any hate, then personally send them my way and I'll kill them. <laughs> Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> got you back. Um, appreciate it. And um, yeah, take care. Keep in touch. And like I said, keep doing what you're doing. Thanks for having me today. Thanks so much for having me. No worries. Take care, Laura. Speak to you soon. Yeah. Cheers. Bye. Thank you for tuning into the podcast this week. It gives me no greater pleasure than to share these ladies' inspiring stories with you all. If you wanted to and can afford to support this podcast, you can do so for less than the price of a coffee. What? Yeah, I know, that cheaply, on our Patreon account, link given in the show notes. As well as supporting the podcast, you can also get exclusive content from me, including videos, blog updates, exclusive discounts for the She Who Dares Win shop, and so much more. But as always, just having you here, listening in, gives me the greatest pleasure of all. Um, Don't forget, you can also leave me a voice message, and I will get back to you right through the podcast. If you have a spare minute and you can review the podcast, I will be entirely grateful too. I wish you all a very good day and I hope to see you all soon. Bye.